Hello, and welcome to the Real World Nutrition Podcast. This is episode 86, part three of four, as it relates to what is wellness and occupational and intellectual wellness. Hi, everyone. This is Shelley Rael, the founder and host of Real World Nutrition. This is part three of a series about what is wellness, addressing your wellness, and talking about the various components of wellness. So in episode one is where I addressed a little bit more about what is wellness. And I just should say that was episode 84, but part one of this four-part wellness series. And then episode 85 was, that was last week, that was part two in talking about emotional wellness and social wellness. And then, as I've said, this is part three, talking about intellectual wellness, as well as occupational or vocational wellness. So as I've said in the earlier episodes, the prior episodes in this series, there are many components of wellness, and there isn't always agreement on how many components there are, but that there are several aspects to it. So intellectual wellness, I'll address intellectual wellness first. Are you a lifelong learner? Well, I know I am. I love learning new things. And I encourage people, I encourage everyone to be a lifelong learner. Now, this does not mean that you need to go to school forever and ever. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to have all kinds of formal education. And that's just something where I know plenty of people are like, oh my gosh, I got through school. I'm not going back. Who would voluntarily go back? Well, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, you can go back to school if you want, but really intellectual wellness is this aspect of wellness in which you continue to expand your mind by increasing your knowledge, skills, and even your creative abilities throughout life. And while you may think you are knowledgeable in many things, I'm sure you are. Lots of us are knowledgeable in many things. But I always think there's something to learn. I guarantee you there's something more you can learn. Why should we continue to learn? Well, it does help enhance our personal ability to open our minds to new experiences and ideas that can help us make an informed decision. It can help us apply it to or apply to productive group interactions. You can have conversations with people. You can also share your skills and new knowledge with others. Now, there's many things you can do with help improving your intellectual wellness. You need to make sure, though, first, that it's something you want to learn or at least give it a try. You don't need to become an expert in an area, but just be open to learning and trying. So one thing I'll make an example of is I like to try new baking projects. I have not mastered my baking projects. When I say that, I mean like mastering making sourdough bread or max mastering making challah bread. 
mastering, making all kinds of things, but I've tried it. Now, some things I have mastered, but other things I haven't, but I have fun with the learning process, which can be frustrating sometimes. And I've realized, you know what? I don't have the patience for this, but I've tried it. So here's some suggestions on what to consider in expanding or focusing on your intellectual wellness. Try something challenging to you personally. If it's really easy, is that really expanding your knowledge? So expanding on that baking project, I've been making banana bread since I was nine or 10 years old. I know how to do it. That's not a challenge. That's not what I say I'm going to do a baking project. That's not usually what I'm going to because banana bread is just something I could make without even looking up a recipe for the most part. But something making a yeast bread or something other than a quick bread would be something that is challenging for me personally. And then the other suggestion, keep in mind that if you choose to share what you've learned with others, you don't need to convince them that they need to do it too or think the same way. So some people will have zero interest in doing a baking project. So I'm not going to try to convince them to do that. If they don't want to, they don't need to. They've got other things that might be of more interest to them. So here's some ideas of increasing your intellectual wellness. And if you have ideas, I would love to hear from you. And you can let me know by reaching me in the show notes. We're looking for my contact information in the show notes of ways to improve or expand your intellectual wellness. Now, here's one. Read for fun. And yes, we are busy, but I encourage people to try to find 15 to 30 minutes to read a book. Consider inviting a couple of friends to read the same book and get together either virtually or in person to discuss it. Even if everyone hated it, it happens. I've been part of a book club for just over three years. It's just three of us. And we read different books, books I would have never chosen, books by a favorite author that it turns out I didn't like. But you know what? The fun was in reading it and then discussing it a little bit. Another area you can look at for improving or increasing your intellectual wellness is improve your skills. Now, there's so many aspects of this, but here's an example. As I've been talking about the cooking or baking, that's where I said, I know how to cook and I know how to bake certain things very well. But trying something different within reason is something that is working on improving skills. So I'm like, uh, okay, I know how to cook breads. I know how to bake certain things, but also I've tried with experimenting in making homemade caramel. That's, it's a cooking project, but not necessarily a baking project. But you know what? That is a skill where I like to be in there and work on expanding that. So that was just the example I've been sticking with throughout this. Another example I could use is I've been knitting for about eight to 10 years and I've tried different 
projects, not just making the 38th scarf or blanket, but making sweaters, making socks, and working on those skills. How about this one? Learning a foreign language. With technology today, boy, this makes it a little bit easier. I remember about 20 years ago, my husband and I took a class through our local continuing education department on conversational Spanish. And we had to go there to the class at a school in the evenings for eight weeks. And we didn't keep it up. And at the same time, we've got all kinds of apps that can help us with that. So even though travel to other countries, in the, at least from what I've learned through various um, pieces of information, is you don't have to know the other language. That English is pretty commonly spoken in a lot of countries that where it's not their first language. It's still more respectful, I would hope, to try to learn a language that you may for a country you may be visiting. So you can still learn a foreign language, maybe for a place you would like to go to one day. And you don't have to be fluent. You don't have to be perfect. But learn enough to get yourself from the airport to your accommodations. Or learn enough to find a public restroom. Learn enough to order a glass of water. And then you know, once you've booked tickets to Italy or to France or to Japan, maybe learn more phrases in this language you're trying to learn. We learn new ways to communicate and it expands our mind. And here's another tip for improving your intellectual wellness is do puzzles. Now, if you hate puzzles, this is the one for you. And this could be the crossword puzzle, the Sudoku a jigsaw puzzle, working through Scrabble words, numbers, patterns, that really helps your brain build and maintain your intellectual wellness. So what I encourage you to do with this one is write down five new things that you want to do to increase your intellectual wellness over the next three months. Now, you don't need to do everything. You don't need to be proficient, but it could be something you want to learn. One of the things I always wanted to learn was how to do stand-up paddleboarding. And when I was on vacation many years ago, I did stand-up paddleboarding. Now, where I live, we don't have a lot of water in the entire state. It's very minimal water. So it's not something I can do regularly, but it's certainly something I've done and have enjoyed doing. Now, switching gears to the other topic for today's episode is occupational or what can also be called vocational wellness. Now, occupational wellness is having satisfaction with your career or your job but it also includes finding balance in both work and non-work activities and commitments. So this is including of knowing when to say no to maintain balance. Now, even if you're retired, this is still an area of wellness to consider. And technically, there is a difference between a career and a job. That's mostly based on attitude for our purposes here. So I have a career in the field of nutrition and I have many jobs. 
in that field, in my career. So here's something to consider in this area of wellness, of occupational wellness. Do you like what you do? Are you happy with your career or job choice or even the volunteer work that you do? Does your work give you personal satisfaction and stimulation? I've worked with people in the past who were very bored in their work and they just, they they were stressed all the time. They were so bored. It's like, all right, let's find something different for you to do. Are you happy with the profession or or, I should say, are you happy with your professional and personal growth opportunities in your career or job? So some people have no interest in having professional or personal growth within their work and that's okay. And they may be in an area of work that doesn't require that. Many people are in careers that were right for them at one time, but it no longer gives them personal satisfaction. Or they don't like how their profession has changed in recent years, and it just isn't the right fit for them. So consider a career change. And that can be scary, especially if it requires going to school or a longer-term commitment to get into that new career. I've met a couple people in the past who were in medical school, second, third year of medical school, quite a commitment and quite a bit of debt. And they realized this was just not the profession for them. And they could have stuck it out. They could have gone on to be medical doctors, but they realized it wasn't for them. So they addressed their occupational wellness, went ahead and stopped doing what they were doing going through medical school because they realized it was not going to give them the satisfaction they had hoped for. Now, when it comes to making a career change, when it comes to deciding whether you can or should do this, I I looked this up and I'm going to read it. It was a letter to Dear Abby back in 2000. I remember reading this letter back then and I never forgot it. So when I looked it up, I found this. So here it is. Dear Abby, I'm a 36-year-old college dropout whose lifelong ambition was to be a physician. I have a very good job selling pharmaceutical supplies, but my heart is still in the practice of medicine. I do volunteer work at the local hospital on my time off, and people tell me I would have made a wonderful doctor. If I go back to college and get my degree, then go to medical school, do my internship, and finally get into the actual practice of medicine, it will take seven years. But Abby, in seven years, I will be 43 years old. What do you think? And that was from Unfulfilled in Philly. 36 years old, debating whether to go back to school to pursue what she really wanted to do. And here is what Abby's response was. Dear Unfulfilled, And how old will you be in seven years if you don't go to medical school? That was it. That was all the response. I I remember that. So what do you want to do? Yes, but it'll take five years, but it'll take two years, but it'll take how long? Well, whether you pursue it or not, that time will still go by. 
So it may not be the time right now for you to consider a change, but you can explore ideas and opportunities if you think your occupational wellness needs help. It is never too late. As this is dropping in May of 2023, you will likely see as graduations are happening, people in their 80s, 90s, people way past traditional college times, college age, I should say, walking and they finally got their degree. They got their degree. I always find those so great. This individual went back and got their degree after a long time. So where are you going to find that personal fulfillment in your occupation if you don't have it right now? That's real world nutrition, although I recognize not any of that was nutrition related, but overall wellness related. And that is, of course, as I've said many times, the part three of a four part series on what is wellness. So next week, the last part, the fourth part of this series, I am addressing environmental wellness and physical wellness. So you all take care. Bye for now.